Good morning, Christ Fellowship. Good morning. Just wanted to add, I know the Jackie Velasquez concert, we will have tickets available right after service. You could purchase your ticket in the lobby as well, um, just in case you, you didn't know that. In the beginning, when you came in, most of you might have seen on the side, we had a little jar of jelly beans. How many of you saw that? Did any of you, did any of you try to steal any of the jelly beans that were there? For those of you that are watching through the live stream, you weren't able to see the jelly beans or try to take any, but we had this jar right out front. And one of the things that we did, we asked people to try to guess how many jelly beans were inside the jar. It's amazing the vast numbers that we ended up getting. And I know that as the person went up to the jar, there's two things that were going through their mind. The first thing is trying to figure out what is the capacity in the jar, how much space is in the jar, and in addition to that, they wanted to know what's in the jar. They wanted to know if it was something that they wanted to win. And how many of you love jelly beans? I love jelly beans. The pink ones are the absolute best jelly beans in the whole wide world. So whoever ends up winning the jelly beans, um, definitely, if you want to put to the side the pink ones, just for me, bring them back to me next week. That'll be amazing, amazing. Well, we do have a winner, and I do know I had the pink. Oh, here it goes. So the guesses went as little as 44. Someone said it was 44 little jelly beans there. They tried to count. They're like, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. And they got tired when they got up to 44 or whatever. They just gave up. So they put 44. Someone put 1,000 jelly beans inside the jar. So that was very, very, in faith, they saw 1,000 jelly beans. Um, so you couldn't go over uh, the number. So it's whoever came closest without going over. So the number of jelly beans was 228. 228 jelly beans inside the jar. And someone guessed 225. Teresa Carter. Uh, Angie, if you could come out. Oh, you're over here. Teresa, come down. Get your jelly beans, unless you want to leave it for us. No, no, you, you could have it. It's all yours. Just the pink ones. That's all. Maybe also the white ones you could leave too, but the pink ones definitely, definitely. Well, many of you already know we're in the middle of a new series called Capacity, Reaching Our Fullest Potential in Christ, and we're really excited about that. And if you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than what we, more than all we ask or imagine. Now, I just want to pause there real quick. I want you to see that as capacity. God could do more than what we could ever imagine or think. There it says, now to him who's able to immeasurably more do more uh, than all we can ask or imagine capacity according to his power that is at work within us. What's in it? Like what's in us, his power. 
So right there you see in that verse that with the power of the Holy Spirit that's within us, he's able to do beyond our greatest imagination, pretty much saying the capacity of what God could do in and through each of our lives is limitless. You can't even imagine what God has for you. But I wonder how come it is that we don't get to experience everything that God has for our lives. If we know, according to his verse, that he could do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, limitless capacity, you could say, but according to the power that's within us, which is the Holy Spirit, it's not by our own strength. I love the song that we were singing during worship too. It's like, we're lost without God. We need God. And, and when we think about that, it's like, what is it that holds us back from God being able to do what he wants to do in our lives? Because we need to realize that our own thoughts and actions could become a lid to what God wants to do in our life. Could really put a lid on the capacity of that we could experience on a daily basis in our journey with God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to put any type of lid to the places that God wants to take me in. I want to increase the capacity of what God wants to do in my life, the way he wants to use me, the way he wants to transform me. I don't want to limit that in any way, shape, or form. But what's amazing is that we, so many times, by our own thoughts and actions, we limit it. Because you know what? Most of us, we pray too small. We think too small. We believe too small. We live too small. We go through our life pretty much just content to be, be where we are. And the reality is we're okay to have limited capacity. We don't want to turn to God and be like, God, I want you to do whatever you want. Take me wherever you want to go. Do whatever you want within my heart. I surrender everything to you. Increase the capacity of what you're able to do through my life and in me. And that's a dangerous prayer to do. You know what? I really believe that in each of us, to one degree or another, there's untapped power with the Holy Spirit that we haven't even touched, untapped. We don't even realize what God is able to do in us through that. We also have dormant abilities. There's abilities with you that are just sleeping. You know that you have these skills and talents, but in reality, because you're not using it, they're dormant. And God's not able to use it for his glory. In addition to that, there's unused strength and neglected giftings. God has gifted each of us, every single one of us, we have skills and talents and giftings. And the moment we decide not to allow God to use us in that, we're putting a lid on the capacity of what God could do in and through us. Have you done that? I know I have done that in my life at times where I put on a lid. But let me tell you something. 
The more you experience what God wants to do in your life, and the more you experience walking with him the journey, you come to a place, you're like, God, blow off every lid I try to put on. God, remove every barrier. I know last week, I think last week or the week before that, we were talking about having trust without boundaries. It's dangerous to trust God without boundaries. It's like, God, I'm not going to limit the capacity of what you could do based on my own fears, based on what my own thinking, based on my own expectations, based on my own circumstances. God, you see my life. You know where I'm at. You know everything that's happening. I give you permission to do whatever you want. And I don't know if you've come to that place to make that type of prayer. But let me tell you something. It's a dangerous prayer to make. Because once you lay your life down and you tell God that you want to live at full capacity, he's able to do things in and through your life beyond your greatest imagination. Now, in your bulletin, you can take out your bulletin real quick. You can see the outside. Everyone just take it out real quick. You see the outside picture says capacity. And obviously, that's like the needle referencing your car, you could say. But I, I want to first ask you about your own life. Where are you in allowing God to do whatever he wants in and through you at this moment? If you had to guess, and all the way to the right, it's full capacity. And all the way to the left is you're running on empty. Where would you be? I don't want you to say it out loud. This is for you to really honestly say, to them, where are you? Are you living your life at full capacity or are you literally on empty? Pretty much not allowing God to do what he wants to do. You're just coasting, thinking that there's no danger living on empty. Where are you at this moment? I don't know about you, but sometimes I fall in this category. But how many of you in this room tend to drive your cars near empty? All right? You can raise your hand. Be brave. It's, it's, it's like you, you have the money in your pocket, but for some reason you like, uh, you, you, you like just playing with that car and hoping. It's like you only have like 10 miles left, and you're still like driving, and you think you're going to be okay. Now, how many of you raised that again? Raised that again? All right, many of you guys. So here you have a mechanic telling you, that you need to drive with half a tank. How many of you always drive with uh, until the very end almost? Yeah? yeah. So hopefully that changes. Now I have a question for you. How many of you do that spiritually? How many of you spiritually drive on empty? On a quarter of a tank? You know your relationship with God is not close. You know that you're not allowing him to pour his spirit in you, to refuel you, to, for him to do what he has to do within you. And you're going through life not allowing God to do what he has to do, riding on empty or on a quarter of a tank, 
And little do you know that that, cause, that damages your, 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 your spiritual life. And some of us might not realize that as we go through this journey, you might be questioning. It's like, you know what? God, where are you? You might feel like God is so far away. But in reality, because of your own decisions to walk through this journey on a quarter of a tank or on an empty tank, you're depleting yourself from receiving what God has for you. And in addition to that, you're causing damage to your spiritual walk with him. Because things, that he talks about the sediment and the dirt type of thing that could come up into the gasoline, into the injectors. I'd had them come up because I have nothing really, to, I don't know too much about cars. <laughs> I just know little matchbox cars when I used to play with them when I was little. But, uh, but pretty much you know that things could get stuck in the wrong places and cause damage without question when you walk this walk and you don't have full capacity in your walk with Jesus, and you're going on a quarter of a tank or empty, all of a sudden, dirt start, comes, start coming into your life, your spiritual walk, and contaminating what God wants to do in your life. And I wonder what you're going to decide, because today, today in this teaching, one of the biggest things is your decision of whether or not to increase your capacity with God or if you're going to choose to limit it. We're going to be focusing on a story, and it's only seven verses. It's in 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 through 7. I'm going to read through the seven uh, verses real quick. And after reading through the verses, I'm going to go back to the verses to highlight specific things. And I'm going to ask you to um, pay close attention as I read this story, I also want you to really even keep in mind and allow God to speak to you. There's so much in these seven verses, and I'm going to try to highlight the main points. But I really believe that God will reveal different things to each of you because he wants to speak to each of you individually. So 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 1, it says this. The wife of a man... From the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Verse 2. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And then her next statement says, Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil in all the jars, and as each is filled, put it Put it to one side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. Now, mind you, she was pouring from the little jar that she had. Verse 6, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. 
But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So there, there's seven verses. A little confusing in a sense. Pretty much a woman going up to a prophet, letting him know that she has a debt. And the prophet pretty much telling, tell, telling her, what do you have at home? At first she says she doesn't have anything. Then she says she has a little jar of oil. And then he says, then I want you to go around to all of your neighbors and get as many empty jars as you can. That sounds kind of weird. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like you're just going to go around asking for empty jars. And then you come back. You shut the door behind you. And out of your small little jar, you start pouring into all the jars that you have. Here in front of me, I have a couple of jars. Here I have six of them. There's little lights in them, but I want you to picture lights even being the oil. So here she is pouring from her little jar into all the jars that she received, and they all became full. Then at a certain point, she turns around and says, hey, get me another jar. And her son says, there's no more jars. And the moment the son said there's no more jars, the oil that she was pouring automatically stopped flowing. It was done. So there, there's so much there. I mean, these stories in the Bible are not there just for us to read and be like, oh, that was weird, and let me just keep going. Like, you know what I mean? Those, there, there's so much symbolism in this story. And I want us even to, even at this moment, inside your bulletin, there's an insert here. It's, it's a little cardboard. And it says 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 on top. You could take that out. In case you don't have a bulletin, we could ask the ushers in the back. You could raise your hand and we'll bring one to you. Um, ushers in the back, if you could get the bulletins. And there's a couple hands here in the front. Over here too. Over here and over here. And I'm not sure in the balcony. It's hard to see in the balcony. But... I want to highlight a couple quick things. One is this. Oil in the Bible is symbolic to the Holy Spirit. Oil in the Bible is symbolic to God's presence. So here it's like you wonder, what is in the jar? When you came in this morning, you're wondering, what is inside that jar? You, it, you know, it wasn't God's presence. It was jelly beans. Um, you know, God's presence is better than jelly beans, even pink jelly beans. So, um, so what is in the jar it's God's presence. So oil is symbolic to that. And something I want you to even keep in the back of your mind, that the entire story, I believe, is symbolic to the actual widow. The widow herself, in a sense, is, um, is symbolic to the small jar of oil that she had. Like, in a sense, she felt like it was ins insignificant, felt as though that it wasn't worth anything, she felt as though there was nothing at all, like even in her house, of value before she said she had a small jar. And then afterwards, you know, like, like as she stepped out in faith and did the things that God told her to do, and she was pouring out the oil, God was able to, like, reveal to her 
like the things that he wants to do through her, her own life as well. So keep that in the back of your mind too. So here's something that I want you to start off with is knowing this, is this woman, the widow, she was crushed. And the reason why I said she was crushed is because one, she's a widow, her husband died. She has creditors after her to pay what she owes. And then she faces having her two sons become slaves. Now, I don't know about you, but at that moment, I guarantee that this woman felt completely crushed. She felt like the world was upon her and she felt worthless. She felt like because of everything that she was going through. And I don't know about you, I don't know if you've ever felt crushed before, but I really believe that in moments that you feel crushed, in moments where situations in your life come, whether there's tragedy or circumstances that you have questions about, things that challenge you, things that feel as though are pushing you to the edge, I really believe in those moments, if you surrender and you turn to God in those moments, I believe that in the process of the crushing, God's Holy Spirit, his oil could be produced. So God's presence could come in power in the midst of those moments that you feel like you can't anymore. There's people in this room right now that you feel as though you don't, you don't even know how you're going to get through today. You don't know how you're going to get through tomorrow. And in this journey of crushing, you could say, because of what you're going through in life, if you surrender everything to God, God could produce his spirit through, in and through you in a beautiful way. Now, I told you already that what's in the jar is oil, and oil is symbolic too. Now, oil, the olive oil, what does it come from? Olives. You guys are so bright. Now, it comes from olives. Now, how do you get olive oil from olives, when you crush them, when you crush them. So pretty much here you have a story of how God's presence was multiplied and the capacity grew. But here we need to realize that there was a process of crushing that took place in this widow's life. And a lot of times, these moments happen. I don't know about you, but in those moments, you realize what's most important. In those moments, you have nowhere else to look but straight up to God. In those moments, you look to God more than ever before. When you feel like you have no one else to turn to, nowhere else to go, you look to God. And when you look to him and surrender everything to him, he's able to produce something beautiful. Have you ever gone through a season of crushing before? I have many times. And one of the best things to do in that season of crushing is just to surrender to God. Even if you don't understand why it's happening, even if you have questions, even if it doesn't make sense, you're like, God, I know in the midst of this, you're still God. And I want you to do whatever you want through me. 
And as you surrender, and you know what you're surrendering? You're emptying out your fear. You're emptying out your doubts. You're emptying out your bitterness. You're emptying out your anger. You're emptying out all the different things, your frustrations, your worries. You're emptying all that out of the jar that you are in your life. And then you're making room so that God could come and he could pour his spirit in your heart and life like never before. But if the jar is filled with anger, with bitterness, with frustration, with all of those things, you're leaving no room for God to do his thing in you. So here, I want to highlight this. The first point you'll see in your insert, it says this. Do you underestimate what you, ha what, what you have in you? Do you underestimate what you have in you? The same way we talked before, what's inside the jar of jelly beans? What's inside of you? Is it God's presence? Or do you underestimate what's even inside of you? You feel like you're worth nothing, that there's no value to who you are. Because that's how uh, when Elijah replied to her and said, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? You, she literally said, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Do you underestimate what God has already done in your heart and life? Do you underestimate who you are in God? Because if you underestimate who you are in God, you yourself are putting a lid on the capacity of what God could do through you. God could do amazing things. But if you underestimate that you're his child, if you underestimate that the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in you, all of a sudden, you're putting a lid on what God, the capacity of what God could do in your life. So there, you see in the insert, It's a yes or no question. I want you to circle one. You can't circle the middle. You can't circle the or. It's yes or no. Like, where do you lean towards? Do you lean towards underestimating? Or do you lean to really knowing that what God has for you? That's the first one. The second one, it says this. Do you live in your comfort zone? Elijah said to her, go around And ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for, for just a few. So here, think about this. If I would tell you right now, it's like, hey, when you get home, I want you to go and knock on every door in your entire neighborhood and ask for empty jars. It would, it would require you to humility. It would require you to be obedient. It would require you to put your pride to the side. You mean all of a sudden, here, I believe that Elijah was challenging her to step out of her comfort zone. She didn't want to do that. She didn't want to ask anyone for anything. But all of a sudden, and think about this, Elijah asked her for empty jars. He could have easily said, it's like, hey, just ask her for uh, jars with oil already in it. You know, it would have saved the miracle. It would have saved everything. No, empty jars. It's like, look, in this journey, as you're going door to door, asking for empty jars, 
you need to realize that I'm challenging you, the widow, to empty yourself in this journey. You're going for empty jars, but I'm asking you to empty yourself. Empty your pride. Empty anything that might be holding you back from being obedient to God. And here she's going on this journey, getting these empty jars, stepping out of her comfort zone to be able to reach for the capacity that God has for her. And in this journey, God's doing something in her heart as she's emptying herself out. I don't know about you, but do you live in your comfort zone? Do you only do things that you could grasp or you're around your mind? Do you only do things that you really like have control over? Do you only do things that you know you could do with your own strength? That you don't need to depend on God. You don't need to rely on his spirit. You don't need to step out in faith. Because let me tell you, if you live in your comfort zone, that's your decision. That's your decision. And by you choosing to live in your comfort zone, what you're doing is putting a lid on the capacity of what God could do through you. Now, let me tell you something. For each of us, I wonder how many times we don't do what God is calling us to do just because all of a sudden, whenever there's an opportunity, fear whispers to us. Fear whispers. All of a sudden, doubt whispers. All of a sudden, insecurities whisper. And we're quick to say, no, no, um, I can't do that. All right? The moment you say no because it's outside of your comfort zone, that moment you put a lid to God, what God could do, the capacity of what he could do in you. Let me tell you something. Even in my own life, whenever there's an opportunity that God gives me, like there's moments in my heart and in my mind, fear whispers to me. I say, no, Carlos, chill. You, know, you don't want to do that. You, know, you don't want to uh, step out in that and do that, whatever it is. And I usually, when, the, when those whispers come and I want to say no, I've trained myself to stop and ask myself, why do I want to say no to this opportunity? Why? And if at any inkling, inkling I feel as though I want to say no because of fear, doubt, that moment I say yes, I'll do it. I'll walk away. I'm like, God, you got to be with me, yo. You know what I mean? Like, I'll say yes, I'll do it. But I will, re I refuse to allow a limit to the capacity where God wants to take me, you know? And obviously, sometimes it's scary to step out in faith. So, you know what I mean? And obviously, sometimes, you know, it requires you to step out of your comfort zone, and it's not comfortable, of course. But you're not going to grow in your capacity with God as long as you stay in your comfort zone. So there it says, do you live in your comfort zone? Yes or no? You need to answer that yourself. And be honest. You could look at your spouse next to you and see. She'll tell you the truth or he'll tell you the truth. All right, the next one. The next one, it says, do you shut the door behind you? Something that's so interesting and weird that Elijah said is that after she ends up doing all of this, 
to go inside of the house and to shut the door behind you. I really believe that that door had to be shut because you know what? I really believe in that journey, all the neighbors, all the people were like, yo, what's up? Why do you need all those jars? People are mad nosies. And they're nosy. They'd be like, are you entre la presiana? Like, look, like peeking. It's like, yo, ¿qué está pasando allá? Que ese, ese, esa mujer está cogiendo todos esos jarros. Uh, uh, like, all of a sudden, like, everyone becomes no, noisy, uh, nosy. And you could picture, like, the audience outside, some people are haters. Some people just like to critique. Some people just like to comment. Let me tell you something. Even if you do everything right for the rest of your life, which none of us would, everyone will still have something to say. Still. Haters will talk always. Okay? Whether you do good things or bad things, haters will always find something to say. So let me tell you, here, literally, Elijah says, shut the door behind you. Silence the noise outside. Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to the critics. Don't listen to those that try to distract you. Don't listen to the voices that try to steer you the wrong way. Go inside the house. Get down to business. Open the capacity that you have in God and don't let nothing hold you back. And let me tell you something. There's people in this room right now that your capacity with God is limited because of the friends you hang out with. There's people in this room right now that the capacity that you have with God is limited because you let the voices of your family be amplified greater than the voice of God within your heart. You have to shut the door behind you. And let me tell you something. In the end of the day, I'd rather accomplish what God has for my life than listen and worry about what anybody might be talking on the outside. Let them talk. I'd rather die and face Jesus face to face and he say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I'm good. I'm good. Let those that want to talk, they could talk. So here, the question to you is, do you shut the door behind you? Or are you letting the voices in your life become a cap and a lid to the capacity that God wants to bring you in. The next one, it says, do you believe that God could do the impossible? Here, what's amazing, what's amazing, it says, it was only, uh, what's amazing is that when she went inside and she started pouring, like, the oil, what she had, then all of a sudden it was flowing where she was able to fill all the different jars. But she had to make the decision to start pouring the little that she thought she had. She had to pour it out to see the miracle happen. Because you know what? God's not going to st stand on the side and do the miracle without you doing your part. You have, faith is in action. So here, the woman had to take the little oil that she had and start pouring it to see God move. Many of us don't see the miracles that God wants to do in our lives because the little oil that we feel like we have in our hearts, we keep to ourselves. 
We're not pouring out and using what God has given us. The more you pour out and use what God gives you, then all of a sudden God's able to start doing the miraculous because you're stepping out in faith. If all you do in life is worry about yourself and not do what God has called you to do, then all of a sudden we are literally becoming a lid to what God, the capacity of what God wants to bring us in. So here, she had to believe. When she started pouring, she had to believe that God was going to do something. Because all of a sudden, she went and got all those jars, and she had to believe that God was going to do the miraculous. Now, the question to you is, do you believe that God could do the impossible? Do you believe that? Or do you feel as though that you're limited and that God can't do certain things. You know, God could do whatever he wants. And he is, he could do the impossible. So for us, how I said in the beginning, a lot of times we pray small prayers. We believe small. We live small. But I wonder how different it would be if we trust a God that's sitting on the throne that's all-powerful. So you have to answer yes or no to that. And now the last one, the last question is as this. Have you limited your capacity to experience God's miracles because of your level of faith? Something that's interesting is that all of a sudden, all of a sudden with her, is that the oil stopped flowing when all the jars that she got was filled. Stop flowing. If she would have had 10 more jars, it would have continued until all the 10 um, jars would have been filled. So all of a sudden, you see that her own faith on how many jars were, was going to get filled, you could say, was pretty much the level, the capacity that God was able to operate in her own life. So here, I wonder in our own life, do we limit God? Do we feel like God could only do certain things? Do we feel like God won't come through? Do we feel as though God is not going to do amazing things in and through our lives? Because our own thinking becomes a lid to the capacity of what God could do. I wonder if you would be that widow, if you would have been in that situation, how many jars you would have brought home? How many you would have done? The prophet, of course, symbolic to God, when they would go to a prophet, they would, they're going to hear from God, says, go get jars. And she just got a few and came. But I wonder how many we would get. I wonder if we would just go slowly get one or two, or would we get five? Or would we just be so aggressive and wanting to do the most we can to increase the capacity of what God wants to do and get as many jars as possible? You see, I really feel like the story of the widow and there with Elijah, is, there's so much for us to learn from in our own life. And even today when you get home, I'm going to challenge you to listen to it. 
But what's amazing too, how I said before, that every jar had to be empty for God to do the miraculous in it. And even here in the front, they might look, all these jars might look the same, but they're actually, they're not. Some are taller than others. Some, that one is wider than others. Each one is a different shape. But with each different shape, God is able to do amazing things. Here, all of us, we're jars too. Every single one of us, we're a jar. And you need to decide if you're going to be filled with God's presence or you're going to be filled with whatever the world might give you. Something that I want to highlight that's interesting is how every jar is a different shape here on your insert. I want you to see that each of us are a different shape as well. The letter S stands for spiritual gifts. Each, each and every one of us, we have different spiritual gifts within us. Different ones. None of us are the same. And I wonder how much we feel as though it's insignificant. Or I wonder how much we've decided to use the gifts that God's given us. The moment that you surrender your gifts to God, you become that empty vessel. You become that jar to him. He's like, God, this is the shape you've made me in. This is the jar I am. And I'm empty inside and I want you to pour your spirit in me. Also, not only do we have spiritual gifts, each of us, of course, we have a heart. Each of us, we have different desires, different passions within our hearts. None of us are the same. It's not a coincidence that you have those passions and desires. Inside, God has wired you so that you would be able to understand where he's trying to lead you towards. And I wonder how many of us are surrendering our heart to God, saying, God, you wired me this way. I want you to take this vessel, take this jar, and I want you to pour your spirit in and through me, within my heart as well. The letter A is our abilities. Here in this room, there's so many different abilities. Every single one of us, we have different abilities that God has given us. Is it a coincidence that he's given you these abilities? Are you using these abilities for God? Because when you don't use your abilities, or even when you don't follow after the passions of your heart that God has placed, when you don't use your spiritual gifts, you become a lid to the capacity of how God could use you. God wants to do amazing things through you. But you yourself decided, I want to see the oil stop flowing. No more oil in my life. This is the lid. I don't want to go to the overflow. I'm content being on E. I'm content going through life on a quarter tank. While God is ready to pour his oil to the overflow. The reality is, some of us don't want that. But you need to realize, obviously that's your decision. But the moment that you decide not to want that, you might feel as though your life is good. 
but you will live your life without fulfilling your destiny in God. And I believe that one day you will look back and regret that you didn't surrender your life to God. Because deep down inside each of our hearts, there's nothing more that we want than to serve God and give him everything that we have. The letter P is our personality. Everybody here has a different personality. It's not a coincidence the way he's wired you with your personality too. He has that for you purposely matched together with your spiritual gifts, with your passion, and with your heart's desire to be able to pour, point you towards your destiny and the calling of your life. Now, let me tell you something. When I say destiny, I'm not referring to a destination that you're going to reach. You start walking your destiny today. Today, you walk in your destiny. Lastly, what, something else I just want to mention. Today, you walk in your destiny because walking your destiny is a journey. It's not a destination. Lastly, the letter E is experiences. Everyone in this room has different experiences. You might wonder, it's like, why did I go through what I've gone through in my life? What are these different things that have happened to my life? Let me tell you something. All those experiences that you've had, the good ones, the bad ones, the tragic ones, they have shaped you to be the jar that you are. And God is able to do amazing things, even with the difficult times of your life. If you surrender everything to God, God's able to pour his spirit in you. I just want to show you something real quick. I don't know about you, but Small jars are not satisfactory to me. Um, I want my life to be filled with large jars. I, I'm not content with small jars. I, some of us might be. Some of us might be like, you know what, as long as I have a little bit of God, I'm good. No, I, I want it to be to the overflow. Here you have the little lights, even to the point, let the little lights trickle on the outside. And I would want thousands of these in my life. Endless amounts, you could say. The bigger the jar, the better. Some of us are content with having a small one. But God wants you to really have a larger capacity for him in your life. So right now, with every eye closed, I want to even remind you of what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the things he's planned for us long ago. Every single one of us, we're God's masterpiece. We're a jar to be used by him for his glory. But it's up to us to decide the level of capacity he's going to have in our life. 
If you're here right now and you know that you've heard this teaching and you see your life and you're not satisfied where you're at because maybe you've underestimated what's in you, that what God has given you. Maybe you've believed the whispers of Satan. Satan has told you that you're worth nothing, that you're worthless, that you can't um, do anything, you will amount to nothing, that God can't use you. Satan has told you that there's no value in you, and you have believed his whispers. Let me tell you something. You have to shut the door on Satan as well, in Jesus' name. Some of us here, we've lived, we live in our comfort zone. Whenever there's an opportunity to step out and do what God has called us to do, we'd rather stay safe than step out into the adventure that he has. There's nothing safe about staying in the comfort zone. You might think that you're safe, but you're imprisoned by fear and by doubt. You're not safe at all. And you today, you are realizing that you need to step out. Some of us, we need to make decisions to shut the door on certain friends of ours. Some of us, we need to shut the door on the voices that are trying to cripple our walk with God. Your walk with God means much more than anything else. Some of us here, we need to step out in faith and believe God for the impossible. We limit God by the level of faith that we have in him. We need to trust him beyond anything else. So even now, with every eye closed, if you want to surrender yourself to God, if you want to pour everything out from within you that doesn't belong, you could say, and just ask God to fill you, to increase the capacity of your life, I'm going to ask you to stand wherever you are. Just to stand to your feet. You're standing to your feet, pretty much declaring, God, I'm an empty jar right now. God, remove anything from within me that doesn't belong. Anything that is in the way. So right now, as everyone that's standing, I'm going to give you a moment to talk to God one-on-one -on -one before I pray for you. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at anyone else. You know the things that are in you that you've allowed to be in you. Whatever you feel as though you need to pour out to him, pour it out. Whatever garbage you feel like you filled your jar in, just let it out. Tell God that you're sorry. Ask him for forgiveness. He's going to remove those things from you. Just pour it out to him now. Father God, we thank you for this day. And even as we're standing, we lift our hands and surrender. God, we empty ourselves out, God. We empty out everything that doesn't belong. Because the only thing we want within us is your presence, God. God, forgive us for living in the comfort zone. God, forgive us for allowing fear to dictate our lives. 
God, forgive us for believing the whispers of the enemy. God, forgive us for allowing the voices of our friends to steer our lives away from you. God, forgive us, God, for chasing after things of the world when we should be chasing after you. God, forgive us for settling for average, settling for just a little bit of you, God. God, forgive us for walking through this life on E, God pretty much on a quarter of a tank with your presence. God, forgive us for limiting what you want to do in our lives. God, forgive us, God, for pretty much putting a lid on the capacity that you want us to have. God, forgive us for settling and for going through this life, God, thinking it's okay, and then wondering why do you feel so far? Why am I not seeing your miracles? Why am I not experiencing your presence? Why am I not seeing you move in power? God, we want to change, God. God, at this moment, God, we surrender everything. We ask you, God, to increase our capacity, God. Remove every lid. Blow away every barrier. Knock down every wall. Anything that's in the way from us to be able to experience more of you, remove it, God. Reveal it to us, God. That, God, that we would become aggressive to, re to have large jars to be filled by your presence. God, that we wouldn't settle to a certain amount, God, but that we would endlessly go from door to door if we have to. Whatever we have to do to be filled by your presence, to let your presence trickle over in every area of our lives. So Holy Spirit, you see all these jars, empty, wide open, God. Holy Spirit, you see their hands in surrender. Right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would just pour into each of them, God. That even at this moment, they would sense your presence filling them, God. Filling their hearts, their mind, their soul, God. That you would just fill their vessels at this moment, God. That your presence would fill them to the overflow, God. And that it would trickle over every area of their lives, and that for the rest of their life, they would no longer settle, God, but that they would want and desire everything you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.